Have you ever considered where you get your potash? It's a question that may have a new answer in a very short time. Welcome to Around Farm Progress, a weekly podcast that looks at agriculture issues across the country. I'm Willie Vogt, your host and editorial director for Farm Progress. N, P, K, three critical macronutrients that help every crop grow from corn and soybeans to the grass on your lawn. And while there's a lot of attention on the N and the P of that trio, the K can't be left out. Potassium from potash is a critical crop nutrient. And recently, Jennifer Keel with American Agriculturist covered the news of a potential new source. That source is Michigan, where a well-known seam of potash could soon be mined with a range of benefits. Let's hear what she's learned. Jennifer Keel, welcome to Around Farm Progress. Hi, Willie. Great to be here. Glad to have you. And of course, I'm going to ask you the question I've been asking people lately because we are in the growing season. So you're in Michigan. What's the weather like in Michigan? It's a beautiful sunny day today, about 80 degrees. Um, You can almost see the corn growing. But that was not the picture we had about a week ago. Um, We had about five days of rain. Wasn't all consistent. It wasn't all at once, except for two days where we had rain like all day. But We have gotten a lot of rain, which is to the relief of a lot of growers because there were several areas of the state that were either in in drought or severe drought, Um, particularly over in our um, really healthy soils area. And the thumb was real dry. So this welcome, this rain was very welcomed Um, to the tune, though, of according to our state authority, we have between four and eight inches in the state in the last five days. So as you can imagine, that uh, resulted in some ponding with our soybeans and wheat was just about ready to come off. So we've got some lodging with wheat, a few issues there. And we're also hearing about some falling numbers, some early harvested wheat. So we hope that's not going to be consistent throughout the state. We're hoping some of the later harvested wheat will not have, you know, head scab problems. So. To answer your question, it's a beautiful right now. We've been through a little bit of turmoil, but it was actually turned out to be a positive, um, even as we watched oodles of rain come down last Saturday. Some of us in Minnesota would take those oodles of rain because um, we haven't gotten any. We're two inch, we had two inches for the month of June, so we usually have five. So that's interesting, four, I think. So that's interesting. You know, I think of Michigan, I think of cherries. What's going on up there with cherries? Thanks for asking, Willie. It is the National Cherry Festival because 75% of, of tart cherries are actually grown right here in Michigan uh, along the Lake Michigan uh, shoreline for the most part. Um, and we are actually going to have Michigan cherries for the Cherry Festival this year. Many years before, um, the cherries weren't quite ready. But this year, we're about two weeks ahead. So we're very happy to be able to offer not only Washington cherries and New York cherries, but Michigan cherries. And unfortunately, they're a little bit scarce this year. Um, we had a couple of late frosts that came through. And for the second year, we are about a third of the crop of what a normal season would be. Wow. So that sounds horrible, but we do have a marketing order here in Michigan. So the market is controlled somewhat as to how many cherries you can bring to market anyways. Mm-hmm. But um, being that we had a real light year last year, though, we were hoping to get maybe a full harvest this year. But uh, that's not the case. So we will hope for better next year. But this 
This has brought up a lot of discussion about climate change and, you know, what can we expect going forward and what kind of measures can we try to implement that will give a little more safeguard. We always relied on Lake Michigan and uh, that effect from the shoreline there to help keep, uh, you know, a nice evenness up in that area. But um, it's not it's not been enough lately in the last couple of years. Yeah, and this frost timing has been odd. I mean, obviously, we had that late frost this year, and it even stunted the corn. I saw something with Tom Beckman quoted his, you know, his corn plot um, recently down in Indiana, and it hit emergence really hard. So, yeah, I think this has been an interesting weather spring, but I guess I have to ask, when haven't we had an interesting spring weather lately? (laughs) So that's good. You know, other than the frost that happened there, we had a beautiful planting season, probably the best we've had in many years. So farmers got their crops in early. That frost hit, it stunted a little bit. Um, I don't think we had a whole lot of loss, and I think the crop is uh, recovering. Well, that's really good news. That's great news. You know, speaking of crops and health and growing crops, um, there's a key macronutrient in crops that I don't think everybody thinks about. It's the K in the NPK list. And you did a story recently that I found fascinating that Michigan could become a domestic source, new domestic source for potash. What's going on there? Yeah, um, it's actually not a new discovery, but it's an, it's a, actually it's called the Borgen bed. And it's mm-hmm. a, a mile and a half down beneath the surface. There's a bed down there that has um, potash, which is, of course, potassium and which is a critical nutrient for crop growth. Um it covers about 1,500 acres, and it's in two different counties. And there's a new effort. Um, Michigan Potash and Salt Company has come in, and um, they've got all their permitting, and they are looking to do a geothermal um, extraction using hot water underground to pull that potash up. And they are very excited to think that maybe they can get six, 650,000 tons annually of potash and this is the purest potash in the world Hmm. i'll say that again in the world according (laughs) to the u.s geological survey Um, so you're getting pure product which means you're you're not going to have to apply as much because you're going to have pretty pure product um 99 pure they're saying and and that's also going to produce this mine is also going to produce a million uh tons of salt so that would be food grade salt but it could also be used for something we need a lot here in michigan when we have, you know, icy roads and such, a lot of salt goes down on the roads. So anyways, this is with 650,000 tons annually. To put that in perspective, um, this is a domestic source and it will supply all of Michigan's needs, which is about 300,000 tons annually, as well as much of the Midwest, the growing region. So, um, and within the truck's haul distance you know i mean this is we're not bringing it in from russia we're not bringing it in from canada or belarus um this is our own product coming in and a lot of people are excited about that i'm not surprised obviously there's it's about having domestic supply of a critical macronutrient i get that and i think in when i was looking at your story um the recent um Ruhaha over the Ryanair flight over Belarus, and they landed that plane to get a hold of somebody on the plane has really created a stink in Europe, which could cause some uh, trade moves against buying potash from Belarus, which means the Europeans will have to come over here to Saskatchewan to buy it, or maybe from Russia. I mean, that's just going to, that could really mess everything up. So having some of the security of domestic potash has to make people feel a little better. 
Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, because right now America relies 96 percent on imports. And those are, like I said, like you said, Russia, Canada and Belarus. So, um, you know, when you have a disruption in supply there and, and European Union putting on sanctions against Belarus, they're going to go somewhere else, like you said. And so that's that creates a lot of uncertainty. And when you have a critical crop nutrient, you want to make sure you have availability of it. And uh uh, the, our other two domestic mines that we have are in New Mexico and Utah, and those mines are um, like operating at very low levels. They're about depleted. So the fact that we have a new source that's coming in that's the purest in the world is pretty exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. So speaking of that, so we actually talked about this, I think, offline, but we talked about this three or four years ago. This is the same group, right? So when, what's the timeline for getting potash out of the ground? Where are they in the process now? Well, they hope to break ground this fall. We're looking okay. at like a 36-month construction window. Um, they've got union, 300 union, union workers lined up. Um, at the end, it's going to create 150 full-time jobs for this mm. little small town called Everett. Um, so th- it's very exciting, and they hope to have product available by 2024. That'd be cool. I mean, that's that sounds like a long ways away, but it's not that far at all. So right. <laughs> it goes, goes faster than you think. But uh, that'll be neat. And when we talked about it a few years ago, they ran into an issue of funding, right? I mean, that's what they're they're lining up the last amount of funding. But there's a magic number here. This is going to cost a billion dollars. Correct. Yeah, they have been working on this for a few years now, um, probably three since I first found out about it. Um, trying to uh, line up all their financial investors. And so with a, a billion dollars, yeah. And I asked them, is that, are you going to be able to get rate of return on that? And when do you expect to have that? And um, they said they're going to do just fine, particularly because of the uh, peers that it is and the fact that there's demand right here. They're not going to have a lot of, um, you know, transportation costs and getting it to their customers. Mm-hmm. Refining will be reasonable too, obviously, if it's that pure. The cost of production, the cost of getting to final product would be, I assume, lower than some of the other stuff being pulled out of the ground, which is interesting. And it's close by. I think you noted that they're within they're within driving distance of 50% of the potash used in key key row crops in this country. So I thought that was interesting. You know, the Indiana, Ohio, Northeast, and I suppose they could vote it over to Wisconsin too if. Somebody wanted to buy yep. it. So there's some interesting. This is I it's just interesting to get your heads around head around something. Because when you think of big mining operations nowadays, I mean see so we have some stuff on the iron range in Minnesota, but you don't think of new ones coming online that much. And so for something like this to produce something as important as potash, I think that's just fascinating. And I know the salt's gonna be valuable too, because we too have winter where I live and we love the salt. But in terms of this potash, I think this is excellent news and it'll be great when it does come online and I'm sure you'll be following that. Well, some of the big takeaways from this is that, you know, it reduces our input to potash. Um, it creates, you know, more trade balance, creates jobs, um, increases the stat- state's tax, tax base, improves the rural economy. And, you know, for us farmers, you know, we've got product availability consistently, and that's something to be said for that. Well, that'd be fantastic. And I know that the Trump administration also um, elevated potash to a critical element, correct? I mean, that's part of this too, right? There's some in interest because of that. 
sure. It's strategic and critical minerals, what they call it. And so, again, that's food security we're looking at. We've seen this with other, and you and I have talked about this mm-hmm. with other industries, the automobile industry. We're, you know, how, how we can get, become very crippled without certain key components that rely on other countries. And I'm not saying we all need a car, but we all need to eat. And so, when we, and in order to have food, we need potash. So, um, I think that was a really great move. And um, this Michigan plan is a great answer to helping to fill that need. That's really cool. Well, Jen Kill, it's been good talking to you about potash, cherries, and um, weather. It's always important <laughs> at this time of year. You take care, and I appreciate your help. Keep up the good work, and as always, stay safe. Thanks, Willie. Have a great day. Covered quite a bit in that conversation. It was interesting to hear about the sour cherry harvest in Michigan, but I'm betting many listening haven't thought that much about where they get their potash. In the upper Midwest, domestic potash could be on the menu in a very short time. Based on the number of jobs the project and final production will create, this program is a big boost to the Michigan economy. Thanks to Jennifer Keel for sharing insights from her reporting on the issue. You've been listening to Around Farm Progress, our weekly look at agriculture across the United States with editors from the Farm Progress team and experts in our industry. Farm Progress is the nation's leading agriculture information source with 17 state and regional brands, as well as farm futures, beef, national hog farmer and feedstuffs, and the Farm Progress show and Husker Harvest Days. And speaking of those two live shows, mark your calendar for August 31st, September 1st and 2nd for the Farm Progress show, and two weeks later, September 14, 15, and 16 for Husker Harvest Days. Join us next week as we continue our agriculture journey around the country. I'm Willie Vogt, Editorial Director at Farm Progress. Thanks for listening.